Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, Montreal still fails to score a goal for Carey Price. Discussing some of the finer points of Shea Weber's contract and potential trades, and speaking of Carey Price, leave the guy alone. Come on now. All of that and more inside today's show. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 598 of Lockdown Canadians. We are two away from 600, which seems like an insane milestone. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla. And as always, I'm joined by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, the Canadians played the Minnesota Wild on this Tuesday night, and we were worried that it might be a blowout. Like the last one was, uh, the Canadians didn't play badly. They didn't play well. They played a game that was definitely a game of hockey, and yet somehow I am still frustrated, but we will get to my frustrations in a moment. How are you feeling after that game? I was hoping for better, to be honest. I was hoping for a win for Carey Price. I did not really expect it, given how much of an uh, an underrated contender the Minnesota Wild seemed to be. I was very shocked that they were not able to score more on the Canadians. And I know you kind of share that sentiment, but the the Habs <laughs> played as well as the people you put on the ice could play with a couple of exceptions. Like, for example, why is the Savard Romanov pairing still together? Why is Mike Hoffman still playing on another team? I don't understand. Like, it's a wild game for me is because not only did the Canadians lose, but the Minnesota Wild have now been banned from the NHL playoffs because out of everything that happened in this game, it, it was a game. It was not great. Tyler Pitlick's first goals I have got wiped out because of goaltender interference. Was it goaltender interference? Probably. Do we actually know that? No, because the NHL doesn't know what it is and the players don't know what it is and the goalies don't know what it is and the coaches don't know what it is. And Jesus Christ himself risen from the grave on Easter doesn't know what it is. But anyways, I'm going to push that off to the side. In this game, the Canadians' power play was atrocious, which no one is shocked by. And yet somehow the Minnesota Wild one was worse. And they, they had a five-on-three in the final two and a half minutes. And after drawing a second penalty with Jeff Petrie going to the box, they called a timeout leading 2 nothing against the 31st-ranked team in the NHL to draw up a plan for their power play. And they failed to score on it. The best scoring chance came to Nick Suzuki with 23 seconds left in the game shorthanded. You are banned from the playoffs or me ever cheering for you this season right now. Because how objectively garbage is your power play that you could not score on the 31st place Montreal Canadiens? It... it I get why Elaine Vigneault got pissed off now about the one time when the Habs put out their top power play unit. You don't want to get scored on, fine. But they called timeout to draw up a play and did nothing with it. And I get it. Carey Price was very good tonight. He was. The Matt Boldy goal was incredible. And the other one is blown coverage. How do you not score on that penalty kill or that power play there? It, it boggles the mind. And it's 
I think my frustrations aren't so much with the wild. Those will subside in the morning once I've had a night to sleep on it. This team in Carey Price's last three Habs games, thanks to the Habs subreddit Twitter account for pointing this out, they've scored zero goals over his last three starts. Uh, game five of the Stanley Cup Finals, they lost one nothing. They lost 3 nothing to the Islanders, and they lost 2 nothing to the Wild. They haven't played poorly, but they have not scored a goal for Carey Price since Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Finals. And yes, he was out for a long time. Zero goals, no matter how good Price plays and Tennessee played well, isn't going to win you games. And I think that's the thing is like, we want to see them go down swinging. And right now they're just kind of like punching at air, it feels like, in a game like this. Yeah, the Wild are good, but... You got to score a goal at some point. Even the worst teams in the NHL, like Carolina, Arizona scored three against the Hurricanes. You're telling me you couldn't score at least one against the Wild goaltender interference or not? It's it, it and stings Cam a little. Talbot bit. hasn't been having a good year. He's been better since Flurry got there because, duh, having an actual one A one B goalie helps. But it's Carey Price comes back and you have all this swell of emotion and all these good feelings. And it it's just it feels like some of the years passed here, and there's just no goals to be found. And yeah, the lineup's not great, but there's goals in there somewhere. And they they better beat the Flyers. The Flyers are objectively terrible. You got to at least score goals in that game, or we're gonna have a lot of stuff to talk about in the off season. Yeah, I mean we do have anyway, but it's fun stuff. It's just it's not nice to end the season on a note where we have to be wringing our hands. And that game, I mean, the, the first period wasn't great. And it was a comedy of errors. I literally, I was like, I have not seen this many mistakes in one power play. They gave up, what, three or it was two or three shorthanded chances in that one in power row. play. In a, in a row. row. <laughs> in a row. And that was the thing. It was like, you know, I it, the game started out, they couldn't get out of the their own zone. And then they had these abysmal power plays. But they did... They played as well as that team could have played. You know what I mean? Like, we can't pretend that this team is loaded with talent. We can't pretend that, you know, the coaching staff is uh, has a strong system just yet. I don't think that, that that's, you know, that's necessarily a big thing. But I, I, I do feel that they've got a lot of work to do in the offseason. And it starts from, so like you need to change your assistant coaching staff. If you're not changing Marty, uh, Marty's going to have to figure out what to do about defense. He's been really good with the offense. Like that's something that you've got to do. Uh, you know, you've got to load it up with talent. You've got to get some players off this team that don't fit on this team. They might not be bad players or bad people, but they, they don't fit on this team. Uh, and, uh, and there's so much work to do. There's an, a mind blowing amount to, of work to do. And that's not even counting the draft in which the Canadians are going to get a lottery pick. Like, it's just, it blows my mind. Like that is more work than you have to do, Scott. And then you have three jobs. Um, I'm no Julian McKenzie. What can I say? I'm a, I'm a third <laughs> of the way there. And the thing is, I'm frustrated after this game because I want better for Carey Price right now. And we're going to touch on him in our last segment of this show here because there's something that you thought I was mad at the Minnesota Wild Wait till you get to this. It's you want better for it. Even if they don't win, you know, make it competitive, have fun kind of thing there. And I, I, I don't want to say I'm not having fun watching hockey because I am. It's just very stressful with the rocket playoff chase coming down to this. The Canadians being what they are. You know, you kind of want that, okay, that zen kind of moment here. And hopefully, they got two very winnable games to end the week here. They've got the Flyers and they've got the Senators. 
Those are games that are up for grabs. If those are the last two they win this year, so be it. But, you know, have the effort in those. And we'll obviously have the recaps after those uh, coming up later this week. But we do have to talk about Shea Weber. We have some uh, comment questions that, and we're going to lay out what we're going to do with Shea Weber's contract in the offseason or what needs to be done with that. But first, you got to talk about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep and allows you to skip trips to the grocery store. And you can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Trust me, I I am not to be trusted in the kitchen with anything. And HelloFresh, my girlfriend and myself love using that because it's very easy to just open up the package, get the ingredients laid out, follow the instructions, and get it cooked. And you get an incredible meal in no time at all. And their chefs really know how to diversify the menu. You get seasonal recipes like salmon limon, pasta primavera, and you can update your preferences on the HelloFresh app. There's so much in there, and they're all satisfying, nutritious, and there's six recipes per week to choose from, and there are also low-calorie and carb-conscious item options if that's what you're looking for. Like I said, it was a lifesaver during the pandemic when you don't always want to run out to the store and risk being out in public, and it makes it super easy and super comfortable for someone like me to learn how to be in the kitchen. So go to HelloFresh.com slash LOCKDOWN16 and use code LOCKDOWN16 for up to 16 free meals and three gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash LOCKDOWN16 and code LOCKDOWN16 for 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right. So originally I was going to talk about uh, Carrie Price and some of the other stuff in this segment, but I'm going to push that off to the end a little bit because that segment might run a little bit long with our thoughts on that. We have been asked a lot about Shea Weber and his contract and how LTIR works. And to the best of my ability, I'm going to lay this out here because Pierre Lebrun brought up a good point on TSN's intermission panel is that if Carey Price is staying, and it seems like it is, the Canadians have to move out more cap space to be able to accommodate his contract and some of the new ones that are starting next season, namely Nick Suzuki. And a lot of people have seemed to think that they can just put Shea Weber's contract on LTIR and immediately get that cap space to do whatever they please with. And the thing about long-term injured reserve is you have to be under the cap or as close to the cap underneath it as you can get before you put a player on LTIR to get the most out of their contract. Toronto did a very good job with that this year. Um, I believe Tampa did that as well. They acquired Brent Seabrook's contract and got just as close as they could to that $81 million ceiling and put him on LTIR and then gained that space to work with. So it's not just as easy as going, Shea Weber is forever injured, and now he's on LTIR, and we have $7.8 million in cap space for the next five years. Not how it works, unfortunately, though I understand where people are coming from in that regard, but it's not quite as cut and dry as that. Yeah, so this is coming because we've mentioned a couple of times that that's something that they should do. Guests have also mentioned that that's something that they should do. It is something that is going on in the Canadians' discourse. And unfortunately, the way that it's working, the other thing too is that the the NHL is being really, really difficult with this. And somebody, I, I believe it was Ian Mendez or, or Elliot Friedman, like multiple people have said this. Like if you know anything about Shea Weber, you will know that it kills him that he can't play. 
right now. It kills him. Like he would have wanted to keep going until he, he was 40 and beyond. When he signed that contract, he had every intention to play that long. He wants to be part of a team. He wants to be contributing to a team. He loves the Montreal Canadiens. And so for him to be on LTIR, you you need to prove that the player is injured. Because if he were to retire right now, he wouldn't get the money. Not only that, Nashville would be on the hook for cap recapture penalties, as with the Canadians. My thought with that is if he wants to go ahead and retire, that's also fine by me because Nashville's the one who's getting dinged with that entire cap hit and the Most Canadians don't almost all of it. The Canadians yeah. pay like six hundred and fifty grand. Oh. If even it's really not much. Nashville, as that contract wears on, Nashville bears more and more cap hit for his retirement because of his the way of his now illegal contract. So if he wants to retire and it's not about the money, whatever, and he just wants to go off into the woods of Sakamas and hunt deer for the rest of his life, he is more than welcome to do that because that just kills two birds with one stone and gets him off the Canadian's cap entirely, and we don't got to worry about it. And Nashville has to suffer through his cap recapture penalties. So, right, um, so that helps. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Nick and Ann. We do love you guys, but... <laughs> no, it's true. It is true. And the other thing, too, is that, like, He's too much of a gentleman to do that to Nashville, right? Like that's a team that drafted him and that's a team that developed him and that's a team that he grew with. So he's not going to do that because he's just too good of a person. But if he also, if he gets retired, if he retires, he doesn't get paid. It's not that much money that's left on his contract in dollar amount, but he, he won't get paid. So it doesn't make sense for him to retire. But the thing with the NHL is that because people keep trying to get around cap and the whole like Kucherov thing last year, like they started cracking down and they're being really strict with Shea Weber in a way that a lot of people are just like, this is not the guy you choose to do that thing with. So not only do like the Canadians have to fit him under the cap for the start of the season, that's the other thing. There's a deadline, right? Like you have to fit them under the cap by a certain point. Otherwise you get uh, a penalty on your cap. So yeah. it used to be, you'd have to forfeit games until you got under the cap, but now it's like whatever amount, like it, it get it becomes like cap space you can't use. It's it a cap gets penalty. deducted from, I believe, the next year's cap, and it's like, which if you're the Canadians and you're capped out, thanks, Mark Bergevin, you can't do that. And my first thought is, his contract's getting traded this off season. Exactly, because you have to do that. Because not only do you have to jump through all these hoops to prove to the NHL that this guy can't play, poor guy. Like literally, pick any other player to do this with NHL. Anyway, so there's all of this other complication with his cap, but the primary reason that you can't just keep his his cap hit and just be like, you know, that much over the cap is that on day one or the day before day one of the, the, the games, I believe, uh, you have to like register your team at the central registry and the cap cannot, like you can't go that much over the cap in order to avoid penalties. So they would have to send people down, maybe put people on waivers. Maybe they might literally just not have that space. So a team that has a lot of space, there would be an incentive for them to say, Canadians, give me one of your players or prospects or something or pick or something like that. We'll take this cap hit and trade you something nominal. Even it could be future future considerations. But I think, I believe you can no longer do that. You have to send something back if I'm not mistaken. I might be making that last part up. Either way, Shea Weber's cap hit needs to come off for the Canadians to have the flexibility that they need over the next couple of years. And there might be teams that are willing to pick it up. And the NHL is just being overly difficult. And the moral of the story is uh, that is why. So people asked a couple of times and then we had a longtime commenter, uh, a frequent commenter, Rick, ask us today, like, you know, what, what's what's the uh, advantage of, of training the cap hit? That is the reason the Canadians need to. Like, if they weren't this capped out, like if this was three, four years ago, 
Montreal Canadiens that always had cap room, it wouldn't really matter. Yeah, it, it's this year's it matters now. If you're keeping Carey Price and you have Nick Suzuki and you have Cole Caulfield who's going to need a contract, Alexander Romanov who's going to need a new contract, all these guys, you got to move out an asset who can't even play for your team. There's a lot of back and forth about Jeff Petrie and this and that. Shea Weber's contract is, and I and I, it's going to sound harsh to say this, is literally useless to the Montreal Canadiens. It just sits there to be LTIR, and the Canadians were mainly only able to get under at the start of this year to get him on LTIR is because Carey Price was in player assistant and his cap hit didn't count. And then he was on LTIR. And so they were able to use that to extend that cap space there. And then everyone else basically got injured, which is, you know, duh. And I look at this and I go, Shea Weber's going to end up in Arizona Coyote. Uh, his contract is going to end up in the desert there because Phil Kessel's $6.8 million contract expires. Louis Erickson's $6 million contract expires. Uh, Jay Beagle's $3 million contract expires. Anton Strawman's $5.5 million contract expires. They're going to not be anywhere close to the cap floor. And you're going to have to hit that. Like, if I'm looking at this for next season, I want to see what Arizona's projected cap hit is for next year. Their, their roster for next year is projected $46 million. And then $30 million the year after that. That's not even a team. They're going to need Shea Weber's contract to hit the floor. And if that's gone, the Canadians' ability to work gets a little bit easier. Obviously, assuming that Jeff Petrie and some other people are traded. But it, it really feels like Weber's contract is going to a team that needs to hit the cap floor before too long. And it feels like a bit of... Um, I don't want to say inglamorous because I don't think that's a word. I can't think of the word I'm um, thinking of, but it, it, it's not the way that you want to see his contract out. Like Pavel Datsuk's contract ended up buried in Arizona. Marion Hosa, Chris Pronger, Shea Weber's just the next one. And sooner or later, the NHL is going to look at this and go, yeah, that's, that's nonsense. So they need to make that deal as soon as they can. I would not be shocked to see the season end and then they trade it for, whatever kind of picks or mediocre prospects they can get because it was almost traded at the deadline. If you're going to do it, now is the time to do it before the NHL says to close any other loopholes or anything else <laughs> in this off season. What's Use it while word? you got it. Was the word you were looking for inelegant? That might be it. I almost or said unceremonious. That's the one I was, I almost said in magnanimous and I'm definitely, I'm a hundred percent sure that's not a word. So <laughs> Um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I, it, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was like, I was thinking about it and I was like, it's got to be indelicate, inelegant, unceremonious is the way. And this is the thing, like Shea Weber deserves so much better. And that was the point that was being made. I know we're running out of time. I'll just say the last thing is that, you know, it's preventing either Montreal or Nashville to give him a proper goodbye because the NHL is making them jump through all of these hoops. So they can't admit that he's never playing again. He's going to have to go through all of these tests and all this paperwork until they finally accept that, you know, he has no choice but to never play again. I, I don't know what else they need to prove. Like they're sending him to the doctor regularly to have it confirmed. And it's like, I don't think I've ever seen such a strenuous thing. I'm glad the NHL is taking it seriously, but it's like, you're going to look at Shea Weber and think that that's a dude who wouldn't be playing hockey if he could. Like it's not like he magically became allergic to his equipment or basically disappeared to another league or et cetera, et cetera. Like whatever. Well, obviously it's going to be a, it's going to be the most interesting part of the Canadians off season. However, now, now it is, 
and the actual planned rant time because I leave Carrie Price alone for the love of God, leave Carrie Price alone. And we're going to get into that coming up next. But first, if you've been a part of Lockdown Canadians from the beginning, you know about Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% real chocolate made with incredible flavors, white chocolate cookies and cream, mint brownie, coconut almond. We had a March Madness bracket about it, and it was phenomenal. They are low in calorie, low in sugar, low in carbs, chock full of protein with everything that you need, and you got to try out Built Puffs. They are protein-infused marshmallows in case you really want to get that extra little bit of protein and you also want that extra little bit of sweets. They are absolutely delicious. I can tell you that. Try the churro ones. They are mm, chef's kiss. Delicious. And if you go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your order. Go check it out. They're always adding new flavors, new things, other everything else. Built.com has something for everyone. And when you're checking out, that is code LOCKED1515 and get 15% off your order. All right. So normally Laura and I generally don't like to give too much airtime to stupid crap, to be quite honest with you. And I'm going to read the translated version of this tweet from a uh, Canadian politician. And I'm going to leave it at that because I am not going to give his name uh, out there. And it says, this is translated, so if it is off from what the actual French says in the tweet, my apologies. I cannot speak very good French at all. Uh, so I'm relying on Google Translate here. Heard Carrie Price last night on television. The biggest sports star in Montreal unable to speak the language of the majority of people who buy tickets to go and applaud his exploits after years with not one, not two, Three exclamation points to really drive home the point here. I just don't accept it at Canadians MTL. And guess what? I don't give a crap if you don't accept it. Carey Price has been here for 15, 17 years. And this has never really truly been an issue before. And now after his first game back, after going through player assistance and suffering through injuries after arguably one of the most crushing defeats of his career at any level. And your first thought is, he didn't say this in the language that I primarily speak. Are you effing kidding me with this? He's been back for one game and you wonder, and you say this and you wonder why no one wants to come play for this damn team right now when this is what they can look forward to. The franchise backbone, a superstar Hall of Fame, should have his number in the Raptors goalie, and you're going to say that. Take your tweet and shove it up your ass, and I don't want to hear from you anymore. And I learned, thanks to someone else in the replies, that he's the idiot who organized a protest because Randy Cunningworth was the interim head coach of the Montreal Canadiens in a year where they finished third last in the league. Leave Carey Price alone. Leave the other players alone. You want to, and also, and I want to thank the person in my mentions who pointed this out. There is an extra level of disgusting to this in telling a First Nations person what language to speak so you can be comfortable. Again, are you actually kidding me 
I'm so furious in a season where it's been nothing but hardships and bull crap and losses and bad coaches and losses and stupid stuff. We finally get a ray of sunshine and someone tries to dump on that. You don't accept it. I don't accept you. I don't accept your premise. Go away. Lose another election. I don't care. Leave Carey Price alone, especially this year and every year on from here. You don't have the guts to probably say that to his face, and I guarantee you would not. I don't have time for it. That's that's it. I am out of breath. I am very angry. I I don't like watching someone who has given so much to this city and to this franchise be reduced to, well, he doesn't speak French. I don't have time for that, and I will never have time for that. So first of all, I'm tickled that you called him a Canadian politician because he's a separatist, and he's probably going to hate that. Um, I So I live here, right? I live in Montreal. I speak five languages, and I don't speak French in my day-to-day unless... You speak person... five languages? I know I that's speak not five the point. Languages. Um, French is my third language, and I... When I am having a business professional conversation in order to conduct business, I speak in English so that I am clearly understood unless I have, like, I'm I'm confronted with somebody who's, uh, like, it's a long whole context, but if somebody is, like, like, uh, does not speak English, then I will often ask for help with translation just to make sure that my point uh, is coming across correctly and that I'm not being misunderstood for things that are high stakes. What could be more high stakes than being the face of the Montreal Canadiens franchise sitting in front of the fans and the media? Like that is, it's it's a spotlight, right? And it's very, very important for me, like to acknowledge that, you know, I live in a city where, or a province where primarily the language is French. And, you know, when I walk into a store, when I go to a restaurant, when I meet new people, I will speak French, but I don't speak French when the situation is really, really high stakes without help. And I have... 13 years of education in French, seven hours a week, right? But French is not my strongest language, so I don't speak. Do you think Carrie Price doesn't know how to say bonjour, merci, any of those things? I Do you would... think he does not know that? Like, he probably does. In fact, he could probably say entire sentences in French if he wants to. But he's in a situation right now where all the focus is on him. He has a very tumultuous relationship with things that he says uh, being misunderstood by the media. He's finally opening up. He's coming out of his shell. He's being the face of the franchise. He's commanding that 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 presence that he often can give. And this person is just trying to get attention. And a lot of people who... You know, I know like they're friends of mine, they're francophone and they responded to him in French saying, here's the attention you ordered. We don't care. And I just think that it is so gross, exactly like you said, for telling a First Nations person what language to speak. Do you think I I would bet money on it that Carrie Price can form sentences in French? But if he said it in front of the cameras, if he imagine he makes one grammatical mistake, that's the end of the world. Like I would get made fun of. Carrie Price would get like all the offseason would talk about how terrible his French was, right? Like and that would want... be what we would talk about. And it's like, I'm sure he can try, but at the same time, as someone who pro- he doesn't like talking to the media, he's a very private person. He, it's a lot like Shea Weber when he was introduced. Yeah, he only, you know, said basic sentences, but at the same time, it takes a lot to get in front of one of the toughest media groups in the NHL. 
and speak in a language you are not comfortable with. And Carrie Price is a very mild-mannered person. So I it's do not do this, especially in this year, especially with everything going on. Do not do this. I here's the thing is I try to let dumb stuff go like that as someone who speaks only in English and speaks very passing French in emergency situations. I don't quite have the same immersion, but at the same time, as someone who's been cheering for this team for most of my life, I don't like seeing this. I would, I'd say the same thing if they were like Cole Caulfield doesn't speak French. Uh, you know, Nick Suzuki doesn't speak in French. You know, I would defend every person on this team because it doesn't matter what language they speak. They put on that, they put on the red, white, and blue sweater with the CH on the front and they go out there and they play in front of those fans to entertain them. They do not go out there to entertain separatists who only want them to speak French. That is not their job. Right. And the thing is, like, the coach speaks French. That is a requirement for this com- for this job. The general manager speaks French. That is a requirement for this job. The The communications team is fully bilingual. Like, Chantal's been doing such an amazing job with that. Like, you need to be able to address your fans in French if you're the business. But if you're a particular player, you don't have to do that if you're playing soccer in a, in a European country where you don't speak the local language. Most of the time, you do your press conferences in English. You know what I mean? Like, this is the exact same thing. You're one of the top players at your game. You're one of the most famous. You're you're a huge uh, asset to a team. You're you're just a player. You're not the message. You're not the mouthpiece. When you're addressing the media, you're addressing the fans, you're not addressing on behalf of the whole team. You're addressing on behalf of yourself. You're being asked about your habits and your feelings and how you feel about the ha- that how the team played and what you think you need to do in the offseason and how your recovery has been and all of those things. You're not being asked to answer for the entire team. When you're in a position to do that, yes, you have to speak French in this market. I 100% believe that even though I'm not a francophone. A hundred percent. Like, it's just, just leave Carey Price alone. Leave Carey Price alone. And that's the note we're going to leave you on. Uh, uh, a lot more yelling in the show than I think I had planned on doing today. I only planned one segment of yelling at someone that I didn't like today. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe on YouTube. We are trying to climb up closer and closer to a thousand subscribers every single day. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matla. Uh, thanks for listening. Check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey. They have all the info you need to dominate your year-end fantasy hockey playoffs and even next year. We will see you all next time.